Welcome to the very first Wednesday night episode of All Over AEW Wrestling, your weekly review of AEW Dynamite on TNT. I'm Eric Glazer, former editor of Inside Pulse and Red for Examiner. I'm a Laps fan who vaguely follows the goings-on of modern wrestling. I like mostly hard-hitting, old-school, territory-style wrestling. I'll be focusing on the show as presented in front of us and not the supplemental material. I'm Rich, a wrestling addict to the max, and I watch absolutely everything from Raw, SmackDown, CMLL, uh, even Puebla on Monday nights. Uh, I've been a writer covering Ring of Honor for PW Ponderings and ROHworld.com, and as well as a Spanish commentator for Ring of Honor themselves, and have had a chance to interview uh, basically everybody in the roster and quite a few people on the AEW roster as well. I watch and read everything about AEW, including AEW Dark and the various YouTube channels uh, that have sprung forth or have existed beforehand. We'd like to thank Scott Keith and Inside Pulse for hosting, Penny for the graphic, and urge you all to subscribe and rate this podcast as soon as it's, it's up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or anywhere you get your pods. New episodes will go up on Wednesday at about 11 p.m. right after the show to fill your need for an instant reaction or for your morning commute. Uh, we'll make sure that we keep it uh, about 45 minutes so you guys can listen to a little bit on the way to work and a little bit on the way back. All right, let's hit the show. I think the first major angle we have to talk about is the main event. Um, Darby Allen against Chris Jericho in a street fight for the AEW title. Um, I'm going to run us through how the match went, and then we'll get to our thoughts. So we open with Darby with a bunch of really cool speed stuff. Um, I felt like this was going to lead to a bullshit finish, given that it was a street fight and Jericho has a stable, so there's little reason for it not to. But even given that, Darby is pretty over. Um, He's quick. Jericho takes over. The timing here is really good. Part of that is Jericho, but Darby deserves a lot of credit for taking a believable ass kicking and being able to come back effectively. Um, The beating gets worse and worse as the match goes on, and Darby's comebacks start getting more and more heat. Um, I felt like at some point in this match, if Jericho... Sorry, if Darby ever got a really good near fall, like the crowd could buy into, the place would have completely exploded. But we never quite got there as Jericho hogtied Darby with uh, with duct tape and then beat him unprotectedly until Darby almost came back, got punched by a swagger, and was beat by the lion tamer. Yeah, you know, right off the bat, I'll say the, the Hager run-in with the punch really made me... It really actually got me angry because, you know, as you're watching it, you're like, oh, not that I thought Darby was going to win. You know, one of the things that we talked about briefly on air, uh, off air, um, and then you told me quickly, uh, just move it to on air, was the fact that I've seen Darby Allen work uh, kind of this handcuffed gimmick before, and he does it really well, right? I mean, that's, I don't think I could even, like, walk down the hallway or something <laughs> handcuffed like that. So what he pulls off is unbelievable, and, you know, clearly this is like, an opportunity for others to see it. Uh, who haven't seen his work before. So I, I kind of saw everything coming, but the the Hager thing to me also adds to how much of a heel Jericho is, you know. Uh, that, you know, Jericho, at, at least there had been some kind of, sort of conversation, like, hey, if I'm, come out here, you know, and, and help me out. And I, like, he needs help to beat Allen in a no-DQ match or a Philly Street Rules, uh, Philly Street Fight match. And, you know, and... and 
even though he's got him hang, you know, uh, handcuffed. So it's. I think it adds to Jericho. It does so much there, and then it also kind of just builds the legend of of, of Darby, and, and you know, throws a little heat for Hager there too, because you know he's kind of this mindless goon who uh, who doesn't have uh, any any kind of heart, even when you know Jericho's just tossing Darby around. So I think a lot of the effectiveness of this, like it was a fine match, a lot of the effectiveness of this is going to be in where it goes. Um, first and foremost, hopefully it made Darby a star. It certainly worked in getting him over with me much more than last week. Um, so I feel like next week we'll see what kind of response Darby gets. I think it's going to be exponentially bigger than it was this week, which is already significantly bigger than it was last week. Um, I also think that if we look back into pro wrestling history, a lot of what cage matches were used for were when heels had stables as a way to like separate things, and this leading to eventual cage ma- a cage match showdown where Jericho can't weasel his way out, I think is how you ultimately build the title change, and you make that a big deal, and then your regular cage matches are a thing that people look forward to and care about. And finally, a War Games-esque match. I know WWE owns that trademark, but a War Games-esque match also seems to make sense, given that we've got a big staple and a bunch of guys going against it. You know, I was just thinking about the fact that they're, they're running, they're not going to do it on Thanksgiving Eve, right? But they, they do have their shows on Wednesday nights, and I believe they're running November 20th, and if I'm right, I believe that Thanksgiving is November 21st. It would be kind of crazy if they did, if they end up doing uh, maybe they, they don't do like a cage match, but they, if they do some sort of squad showdown like uh, very 20th. Sim- right? They're running the 20th, right? Yeah, but Thanksgiving is the 28th. Oh, it's the 28th. All right, I googled so it. I'm not sure if they're running the 27th. Uh, they might actually be skipping it. Well, because November 21st is my wife's birthday. Oh, all right. <laughs> I was so pretty sure that wasn't Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, so it's I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. They they I think they might have off. I haven't checked into that. I mean, you know, you would kind of think they would, but if they don't, it would be kind of crazy to run that. And kind of very Survivor Series esque would be would be kind of cool um, in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan like Starcades in that general area too, right? Or was it Starcade? Yeah, right. No, Starcade's December. There was a big November show for uh, NWA. I don't remember what, but yeah. Okay. Um, anything else for this one? No, we can move on. I think the second major match was one that you didn't enjoy, and I really did. Dr. Britt Baker versus Rio for the AEW uh, women's title. Uh, what, why didn't you like this one? I don't know. I just... I'm. Maybe I'm just not connecting with Rio. I mean, part of it is, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Like, I don't enjoy wrestling without commentary, and I, I kind of want to hear from her a little bit, you know. And also, I, I just felt like they could have waited a little bit to have this title match. Uh, one of my complaints about their tag match was that I didn't feel that there was any... No, com- no competitiveness, let's say, on behalf of Brit. When she was a kind of like square, you know, they, she had tagged together with Rio just last week. At the end, they could have teased something, and they didn't tease that. And we talked about it in episode two, which you guys find on our feed, and just check back and just look up at our last episode. It's only about 40 minutes, so you can uh, enjoy and catch up on what we were talking about. But the thing is here, now you lead into this match where I don't feel any heat, so I don't really think there's any way that Britt wins here. And 
the way they had been building her, at least for me, was that she was one of the top contenders. And this felt like a wasted opportunity. And having her pick up a loss against the champion so early without any heat to me is a little bit confusing. So I don't think I thought Britt was as big a deal as you did. I thought this was built as just a casual challenge to um, keep the division going. I thought this was just a good, like, face-versus-face match. Um, She's a doctor. Of course it's a big deal. So, okay, I don't know why that makes it a big deal, but sure. Um, I think, so, they they told a good story. Like, Brit's uh, Brit's strong, and her finish is a killer, and so she's going to go for that finish, and that's going to be how she gets this. And then Rio keeps trying to use her speed to come back and is super goddamn over after that first uh, match that was a star-making performance. So is super over uh, both weeks since that first week when she wasn't really. And um, the the Brits over-reliance on the finisher and like her thinking that's going to be the killer because Rio is so scared it allowed it to be reversed and the win. It was a, just a solid match. I don't think the goal was for this to be the feud. This was like two faces are both title contenders, and so they had a nice little match. And like, I, I don't know. Britt didn't show me enough to make me feel like she was a real contender. She wasn't good on commentary in the women's, uh, the original women's title match. And then the feud and her issue weren't with Rio in the tag match last week. So I thought this was almost like a title match of exhibition. And as that, I liked it. I also thought that Rio did a really great job covering for Brit's weaknesses, which are like a lack of fire and a lack of really hard hitting, laying it in offense because again, Rio little, so everything looks more effective, which happened to cover for Baker's weakness. So I like the match. I didn't think it was amazing. It wasn't my bling, it was my match of the night. But it was good and it was effective and the title felt like it mattered to both of them. Yeah, I thought that was clear. There were some moments there I thought were a little sloppy throughout the match. But um overall I, I thought it was it was passable. I mean it, it wasn't like an eyesore, but I, like I said, I, it w- wasn't really for me. Um, I, I, I suppose you're, you know, you have a point there with the fact that th- this wasn't supposed to be an angle, but I don't know, for the first title shot, I think I may have stretched that a little bit more because now they have how many weeks? They have two weeks. If, mm-hmm. if they're not running, if they're, if they're not running, yeah, they have about two weeks before full gear. So, I would think the title would have been defended there, but you know yeah. now you only have two weeks to get there. But do you have to defend every title every show? Like maybe it's not defended at this one; it is at the next one. There's already what like four huge matches on that show. Maybe you don't want a women's title match like at the bottom of the card, so you save it for the next next pay per view where it could be higher up. That when does, you have this week, that gives you more time. Uh, that doesn't make uh, that doesn't follow the WWE rulebook at all. I'm very confused right here, sir. Right. Well, let's assume, let's assume they have a story, right? <laughs> uh, because they even just announced the, um, I mean, the uh, Santana and Ortiz against the Bucks match, which is going to have to, like, you know what I mean? Like, they haven't announced anything that feels like an opening match, and to stick a women's match into stuff like that does not seem like it's going to benefit the company, if you want it to seem important. That's a fair point. 
All right, uh, moving on, I think i uh, got to talk about uh, Pack and Mox versus Hangman and Cleaner. Uh, what would you think about this one? So um, this was a really big Kenny Omega crowd. Like, they seemed, I don't want to say disinterested in everyone else, but significantly less into the match when anyone who was not Kenny Omega was involved. Um, Mox, especially given that he was the most over person in the company last week, was way less over this week. Um, and his promo also lacked the fires he came out. They need to figure out what they're doing with Hangman Page. Um, he can't just be filler in other people's feuds literally every week. He needs his own story at some point. Uh, like He's just like, all right, who in the elite needs a hanger on this week? And then stick him there is not going to get him over, and it's actually really hurting him. Um, the start of the match was a really good brawl into some really quick heat in Omega. And then, as usual, they... Uh, for the show, they made Adam Page the face in peril, which he sucks at. And then the hot tag, because Adam Page is really, really not a good Ricky Morton, didn't get over. And um, so Omega had to bust out really huge moves and then like build into fire to get the crowd back into the match. And he's one of the better wrestlers in the world, right? So like he was able to do that. But um, you compare that to the earlier tag matches where the Babyface beat down and eventual hot tag did gain major heat, and it was really clear uh, exactly what the problem with Page was at this point. And like, there's ways to work around this. This isn't like a terminal flaw, right? It's just this is not the role for him at all. Um, the end of the match was all angle. The like, the eventual showdown between um, Moxley and Omega was super heated yet again. I think this is the single match that I'm most excited for since, I mean, at least uh, the very first Gargano Champion match and maybe even further back than that. Like, I'm really excited for that match. I think these guys are both stars. They have something to prove. The match is going to be incredible. Every time they touch, it's electric. And we got the second weapon tease with... um. Pac, yet again, being an amazing, amazing heel, taking away the weapons, cutting his finger open, getting new stitches, uh, getting the finger, the DDT, and then getting his butt kicked for doing so, sending, making the crowd happy. I really like this. I mean, I, and I think for me, maybe the angle stuff at the end, and the, the fact that it played off so well, the, the heat with Mox and, and Omega, and as you said, how electric the crowd was at that moment... Uh, that I, I I think it was just done so so well, you know. Uh, Pac coming in and kind of being the stick in the mud and, and getting rid of the stuff, but you know, obviously being the logical one. I, I actually found it weird that commentary didn't mention as they were both brandishing weapons that this is an ODQ match. You know, like usually you kind of get like a little a little like quick reminder like, oh, but this isn't a ODQ match. What are they doing? Is it just something quick like that? But it was. Like, the ref, like, ran away and, like, was getting ready to disqualify them. That's why Pac uh, took the weapons away, because he didn't want to get disqualified. And like, they didn't see... So the ref doesn't see that No, no, Mox... he saw the weapons, but they didn't hit each other with them. No, Mox uh, actually doubled... Oh, yeah, yeah. Doubled them over guess, with the butt of the, the bat. I, I would assume he was running away at that point, because okay. when they started showing down, like, the ref, like, tried to get in between them, looked at the weapons, and ran away. So yeah. I would assume that's what they're going for, but, like, they seem to be fairly lenient on the DQs. 
which isn't amazing for internal logic, but honestly, I don't really want to see a bunch of DQs this early in the company anyway. Are, so is the five-second tag tag team rule just not – that's not a thing here? It, it hasn't been enforced. And they haven't been counting them doing anything. They don't even I count think, it, right, at all? Yeah. Yeah, okay. they're 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 playing fast and loose because like they're they're counting wins and losses. They're paying attention to that, but they don't want to be a sport, right? So they're like trying to ignore. They're just you know they're gonna do it when it's convenient. They're gonna do it when it builds into the story, but they're not gonna let it get in the way of their big moments. It's still a story. But I really did, uh, you know. That aside, I really did love uh, the Mox Mox with his with that moment, just sitting. Uh, God, the paradigm shift and then uh, the you know double bird. I, I thought I thought all of it was uh, was really perfect. Yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> I his I finger wish. was the one thing that like it, it, I don't know if it almost added to it, but you just at the same time know that that like that hurt like mm-hmm. a female dog, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, it's it's just kind of unfortunate that he might have to go get stitches for something when he was just uh, tossing them out of the ring. But then it, it kind of adds to it to me that, you know, the guy who was trying to do the right thing ends up getting kind of uh, hurt a little bit in the process. And, you know, he actually, in trying to do the right thing, uh, just ultimately is the one who gets kind of screwed over the most by the end of the night, which I think is uh, yeah, it's good storytelling. You know, even yeah. if it, 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 it actually endears me, endears Pac uh, to me a bit. And I, I'm kind of on his side because I'm like, hey, he was just trying to follow the rules and win the match. You're the worst. All right. In the meantime, while you're being terrible, um, someone really needs to tell Shivani and Jim Ross that it's called a V-trigger. Because I literally, in the middle of the match, I'm like, do they not own the term V-trigger? Why are they? And, like, eventually Excalibur said it, right? But, like, like Omega does 8,000 V-triggers. Just call it the, its name. <laughs> I mean, there have been a couple of times over the first few episodes where I mean the Vader bomb moment was 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 we we talked about with Shivani was a cute one, but the uh, they, there have been other ones where they've like just not called the, the move by its name and it's just been a little odd uh, because of it. I, I feel, but you know, I, I feel like the they're all it, by week nine we're gonna be okay. I think we just yeah. have a little bit of a. You know, uh, Tony and and Jim have a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to uh, some of these guys' moves and the the names. I don't, I don't honestly the fact that Ross doesn't call it the V Trigger is odd because he also calls his matches in New Japan. Yeah, but I mean, the V like the V Trigger is just cool, right? Like it's a cool thing he does. It's unique to him. Not many guys in the world are good and like are good enough to make something they do 500 times a match be over and, like, still seem important and special and get that response. So it needs its name. It needs to have the aura built around it. I think it's genuinely important for Omega going forward. Um, also, I argued that Dustin was the best wrestler in the company. And, like, Omega's really good. It's just... He's not been put in a position to have that kind of match in this company, but just it's worth remembering that Omega is phenomenal at professional wrestling. I, you know, we'll, we'll, I, we'll actually talk about that actually a little bit later, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my uh, keep my thought for uh, for later on in the show. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, SCU versus the Best Friends. Alright, um, 
it took me forever to figure out what the Lucha Bros chant was. Thankfully, they said it during their match. Um, Chris Daniels got beat up by them before the match, which sucks because he's easily the best thing about SCU. And it hurt the uh, overness of the match. And then Scorpio Sky came out, took his place in the match, and they beat the best friends. It was just a really solid tag formula match. Um, the silly shoe spots were great. Chuck Taylor remains a completely phenomenal heel, throwing the shoe, then biting the toes, um, the timing of his soul food, just the general obnoxiousness of him. He is just really, really great at his job, and it makes me very happy even when I want to boo him. This kind of match where it's, this is basically like exactly tag formula, right? Kazarian was beat up before the match. The best friends work his back all match. Eventually he makes a hot tag. We have some high spots. We go home to the finish is why I love tag wrestling. Um, I think the wrong team went over as Scott, as SCU won, which sort of foreshadows where this whole tournament is going in a way I'm not a super big fan of. And the finish was a little bit botched. But, but everything up to that point was really, really good pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this match. I, I love the best friends. You know, the one thing I agree with, like, really everything you said. I love Chuck Taylor. Uh, I thought the, the match kind of really played off well. I liked that, you know, at the end of the... I, I really, for there were, there were moments where I really wasn't sure it was going to win the longer it went on. Um, something that stuck out to me is, and this is kind of just all around, uh, this is more of like a, a wrestling now thing, but I really do not like the amount of times guys are taking the uh, apron spots. I just, mm-hmm. it just seems needless. Agreed. Because here's the thing. Unless you've like touched a wrestling ring there, right? Mm-hmm. Or walk in. It doesn't look it. that painful. Yeah, you, you're just like, oh, it's the ring, right? Like, the, and they can say it's the hardest, right? And mm-hmm. you know, they also lie about you know stuff being like you know, plastic or you know whatever. It, th- this to me is just it, the payoff doesn't really help unless, like, I don't know. It's like there are some indie fans that really appreciate that spot, but. I don't know your everyday like say WWE convert. Uh, I don't know. Do they really get the, the like the risk that's being taken like the, by the rest? It's just insane. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it. Um, I I don't think it's worth it. The other thing that drives me crazy, and I was going to say it in a later match, but I can just say it here: we don't need the dive to the floor in every match. Please make people stop doing topes as transition moves. Just like I hate in WWE, I hate it here. If you do it once a night, it will get a huge pop. If you do it twice a night, fine. It's every single match. It's like it's not a big deal if everyone does it. And while like everyone might be happy with it for the first few weeks, it's not going to be over in week thirty. Like just you're gonna kill it. Stop. Slow down. Like that was. They don't even get the biggest pops of the match, right? Like. The biggest pops of the match are Chuck Taylor biting someone's toes or a hug. So instead, build up pops for things that people will build up things that people respond to instead of just building up dives that are dangerous and aren't going to stay over forever. I agree. Um, 
you know, I want to ask you something before we move on to the um, the next the next. Uh, I've got one for this too, so go for it. Um, w- will there actually be heels that are that are, that get actual heat here in this company? Because like the best friends worked great, you know, great as heels here, and Taylor really is good as a heel. Mm-hmm. But the crowd is, they're so over with the crowd. The crowd's just so ready to pop for everything they do. So, yes, and his name is Peck. Okay. I can see that. Like, but no, everyone else is working cool heel or semi comedic heel, right? Like, he seems to be the only one working a pure heel. Like, and I don't like you. You shouldn't like me. I am a jerk, and I'm going to make the fans not have what they want style um my single favorite thing about this match and i really appreciate this little nod to internal logic was scorpio sky not being in wrestling gear when he was chilling in the back watching a match and then having to come out and wrestle in his street clothes yeah that was that was a nice little like kind of added bit of reality i guess there um, you should introduce the next one since I didn't even know these guys' names. Right, so you have uh, Santana Ortiz, uh, two members of the Inner Circle, uh, formerly LAX, uh, taking on you know some enhancement talent here. It seems uh, two guys getting a shot. Uh, they have been known as the Beaver Boys, uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Uh, they've uh, been kind of Northeast guys. I've seen them uh, beyond wrestling. John Silver's kind of made a name for himself there as is Reynolds. Uh, I believe. I, I think both of them might be connected with Creator Pro. I know, uh, I believe Reynolds is out in Long Island. So uh, I've seen the guys around here, uh, just kind of a uh, couple of different spot shows. Uh, really enjoyed both of them. Uh, I, I kind of have a little, you know, just personally, Silver's I've been a big fan of Silver. So it was cool to see them in a spot here. Uh, they didn't really get much offense in, but I mean, it, that's not what was going to happen here. Santana and Ortiz really just kind of dominated here. But uh, it, it's... Even my wife was like, "Oh, look! It's it's John Silver." You know, it's there. There are moments there where it's the the talent that's being used or kind of uh, people that have been uh, that have been great regionally, and and now they're kind of getting this national stage. So it's it's cool to see some of the guys here. It was a squash. It was a match. Uh, Santana and Ortiz continue to impress in looking like badasses. I would greatly prefer they not be wrestling the Bucks this soon for largely no reason. But I get that they're just trying to match people up against the inner circle at this point to continue to build that feud. I just think that that's a fairly big match and could be built more before we get there. Um, I am psyched for eventually Santana Ortiz against the Lucha Brothers. That's going to be incredible, yeah. and it has to happen sooner or later. And it's weird because, you know... When we- the Lucha Brothers were, were kind of. I mean, we, we can actually let's, let's just jump to that because you said that uh, mm-hmm. the Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express. I mean, they worked. They were complete heels in that match. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting when they go up against Santana Ortiz because, again, this is another team that although they worked super heel against, you know, beloved tag team like Jurassic Express. But they weren't the beloved tag team of Jurassic Express. Well, yeah, Luchasaurus was hurt, so he wasn't there. So Jurassic Express were not over. Like, if they're not over, then it's going to be hard to work heel when, like, uh, enhancement talent that gets squashed makes the other team look good. And that's Jurassic Express was 
glorified enhancement talent in this match without Luchasaurus. I mean, they were, you know, kind of tag team specialists uh, adjacent, adjacent here. Um, slightly. I, I thought that they did an admirable job with with Marco Stunt stepping in. I, 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 get, I get a kick out of just the optic of, of Stunt in there. You know, I... Like, is that because he's basically your size? I mean, yes, right. <laughs> but um, but it, it's also it, I don't know. There, I I really enjoy. It's believable for me. Uh, there's a there's a line of absurdity that I can I can kind of creep up to there, and uh, you know, our, I know there's some negative feedback with him, but him getting a spot here, I I thought they worked well together, and it wasn't. Yes, it wasn't the Jurassic Express that everybody uh, expected. But I thought that, you know, for something that had to be changed like that, even mm-hmm. Penta and Phoenix did a really good job of the way they worked it. And they, you know, clearly it would have normally been a Jungle Boy kind of getting worked over, but instead you have Stunt here because he's smaller. I, 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 thought, I thought it all worked really well. And, uh, God, I just, I love the Lucha Brothers. They're, they're just, I think Penta, but what's, what's amazing to me about Penta is, with you know very little, he he's not very fluent in English, but he's just he he's, he with a cerro miedo. I mean, he's just so over. I just he's so over. Phoenix is to me the more you know acrobatic skilled wrestler, but I just, just the charisma just drips off of of Penta. And if they put the belt, the main title on Penta, like next week i'd be like cool i'm happy and just tune in he's the coolest dude in wrestling he's just a straight up badass who has all the charisma he everything he does has purpose everything he does has style in a way that's really really rare and very cool to see the match was good tag formula works it's hard to have a bad match if you follow a tag formula you have a little dude to get beat up you do a hot tag you do some cool spots you finish it's fine Lucha, uh, Lucha Brothers are going to be the first tag champ for this company. I think so too. And then I wonder if we get. And I wonder if we ever get a. Uh, you would think that it has to happen, right? That Lucha Brothers then at some point defend against the Young Bucks, even though yeah. they've already had this kind of epic trilogy? Yes, at some point. But uh, the finals of the tag tournament seem to have just been built to be Lucha Brothers against SCU. And I really, really don't like that. I mean, not that I don't like the match. I think the match is perfectly fine and likely to be very good. But I don't like foreshadowing the end of a tournament to that extent. Especially because they established that upsets can happen in this tournament, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does seem like it's telegraphed. But, you know, we'll see how it plays out. It it, it might not go that way. Uh, people seem to be considering Private Party as potential winners of the tournament, but I feel like they already got their moment. Like, having them win the tournament at this point isn't necessarily worth it. Their moment was beating the biggest tag team in the company. They can have another great match and lose, and we can move on. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I would say, the overall, for me, the episode... I you know I've been giving I've been just throwing out A's. Just wait, wait, wait 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 we missed one thing we missed one thing. Oh we did we did we did uh, Cody segment. That, that Cody segment was incredible. We'll go to the overall one second because that Cody segment was incredible. There's a uh, Cody promo video hyping the match against Jericho at the pay per view, 
and they used Brandy, DDP, MJF, JR, Tony, Cody's mother, and all of it made it seem like this is a hugely important match, and it was a really fine line to walk because it could have sounded like an excuse for Cody not to win, but instead it made it seem like the most important thing in the world to him, and it was, I mean, it was a very, very effective hype video for a guy who honestly hasn't had a whole ton to do on the show so far. And that video just did a masterful job of building that match and making it seem like the biggest deal in the world. Yeah, I really, I mean, basically echo everything you said. Uh, The only thing that I had a problem with was I think that DDP has a a pretty trash Dusty Rhodes impression. And uh, I just, it kind of hurt me to hear that. Actually, my wife wondered if she was making fun of, if it was like, is he just making fun of Dusty Rhodes' speech impediment? Like, that's actually what she thought because she didn't even recognize that he was really no. even trying to pull off the accent. I think his accent is not, I mean, uh, the impression is not accurate. So when I think, you know, a lot of people can do it. It seems to be like a popular one to be done, but if you can't do it, DDP, please don't, don't, don't tarnish the guy's good name. I mean, oh, it's definitely not. I, you know what? I was put on a hard times here in his, uh, his impression there. So, DDP is the nicest guy in the world, and I hate to say this, but I've never liked him. Like, at all, in any way. He was an immediate switch to Raw whenever he was on Nitro. I just don't like him, so nothing he does is ever going to be over for me because I didn't like him when I was 19, so I certainly don't like him now. And, sure, so I agree with you, but not because I necessarily care, but just because... Uh I can't stand DDP. No, see, it makes me sad because I felt the bang when I was uh, younger, so. It's the only bang you felt when you were younger. <laughs> I'm so happy that worked. All right, so <laughs> let's head into our final thoughts now. Uh, so I would say I've been throwing out A's like it's nobody's business. Uh, for me, this week was, I'd say, more like B minus, uh, B plus A, uh, B plus A minus range. Like it's a, it, it's not as high as it was for me the other weeks. I'm not sure if it's because it's just the, the rush, you know, of it being the first couple of weeks. I'm not sure if to be one thousand percent honest, while well, she's not feeling well in the other room, but I wasn't double screening. Um, there were a couple times where you know I was kind of like switching back and forth. Uh, the first weeks, I mean, I, I watched both in their entirety, but I definitely had that like. 1999 or 1998 vibe of like going back and forth and that made it more exciting so I'm not sure if that was kind of something that was happening here um, I felt like some of the matches went a little long but I mean they fit within the time frame of obviously the episode but you know I I would be okay with I feel like this show would run almost much tighter overall if it was like I know it sounds weird but like an hour and a half um of elapsed time. I mean, part of it's commercials, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, uh, just having to slow things down because obviously the matches are taking a little longer when they're on break because they're not going to have them end. And I think that has to... I think at some point, a match does need to end during commercial break. I think they just need shorter matches. Yeah. I think, like, the squash was a really good use of time. I didn't think this week was as strong as the first two, but at some point, you just have to slow down and let the stories build to the pay-per-view. You need transitions. You need... Rising action, right? Like that's a part of storytelling, yeah. and sometimes just building in complications to stories aren't great. This week was about just continuing the tag tournament, and let's see if Darby can be a star. Let's see if 
Darby comes out next week and the place completely explodes for him. I wouldn't be shocked at this point if at the end of the day, because I don't expect Cody to be Jericho, um, even if it's a run-in that stops it, I don't expect Cody to be Jericho. I wouldn't be shocked if this Darby thing works, if in three months, in some kind of cage, death, whatever match, he is the one that beats Jericho. It makes sense to have a young guy be the person who does that instead of it being Omega or Cody and one of the obvious people. So we'll see if that worked. If that worked this week is a success, a success. If it didn't, it's not. As is, I'm in the B minus C plus range. Um, rising action is fine. It's necessary. It's just not as exciting as when you introduce a story or when you're ready to conclude a story. So, right, uh, who did you think the, was the um, overall most overmatched or segment or person of the week? This crowd was about Kenny Omega. They waited all day for Kenny Omega. When Kenny Omega came out, they went crazy. When Kenny Omega did anything, they went crazy. Uh, this is an Omega crowd. For me, uh, it's because I just don't want to parrot what you're saying. I'm going to pick the kid in the front row who was dressed like Orange <laughs> Cassidy. I mean, that kid is, in my heart, he's the most over person on that show. What a hero. I mean, the hair was perfect, everything. I, I And then it was almost like he was casually watching the show, kind of like Orange Cassidy would. Like he wasn't like oh you know jumping up and down about stuff so I was like wow he's even playing it cool and he might just be that person but in my heart he's really living the gimmick and just trying to like be cool and be Orange Cassidy. So the the coolest thing in the world that they should absolutely not do would be to have Jericho run through the roster, run through the roster, and just keep doing little Orange Cassidy segments, not having him wrestle, and then have him just crush Jericho. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that if There's, you have something like that. I think. I mean, it has to be something like it has to be a mid card thing. You're not going to do it to Jericho. All right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I get it. Okay. I mean, they. they I've seen him do something with. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I'm going to forget it. R. J. Evans. R. D. Evans. Uh, oh, he was. Yeah. The, he mm-hmm. came back and. He wrestled Cassidy, and I think it was for the Internet TV Wrestling Championship. Uh, and he he beat him with a, in a roll. Like he, I think R.D. Evans put his career on the line, and Cassidy beat him like casually with a roll up within like seven <laughs> seconds. And then like you know, the, you know, Evans demanded a rematch, and of course he was so casual about it. It's just uh, there. Are, it's funny because I feel like there's going to be a lot of stuff like that that. Perhaps I've seen, or you know, actually others have seen uh, that went on in uh, different companies that they're not gonna kind of bring here, and, and we're gonna see it in a, on a national level for the first time. So it's kind of cool, but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm also excited to see what kind of new stuff is 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 worked in as well. I dig it. Uh, the <laughs> next would be the elite, the uh, best single moment of the night. I'm going the Cody video for the reasons enumerated earlier. However, honorable mention to the big camera pullback for the best friend's hug. So for me, I'm going to go really concrete on this, and I'm going to go with an actual moment. And for me, it was actually just Phoenix came in, and he super kicked Marco Stunt. I don't know if it was the angle, the way Stunt sold it, uh, it really it looked it looked legit and it 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 looked like it rocked stunt, 
and it, it really popped me. I mean, for the entire night, that was the moment that actually I was like, whoa! I I just kind of jumped out of my seat for it. Because it, it's just a, such a simple move, right? But if if it's done and sold effectively, I think it's... I don't know. I think I think it, it, it's a it's a really it's a thing of beauty. All right, uh, match of the night. So for me, it's the the Lucha Brothers match. Right? I just I I really like Stunt. I like Jungle Boy. I mean, I was disappointed by Luchasaurus, but I you know what? It's weird in some odd way. I didn't want to have to see Jurassic Express in proper, let's say, lose here in the tournament. So I know they could have gotten a little bit more over because of it if they would have had the opportunity to have the match. But at the same time, I think that's something that can come down the line. And I now, you know, the the team proper doesn't have the loss. And I, I actually, I, I think that the Lucha Brothers become off as more menacing and more kind of badass here because of the way that they won in this dominant fashion over these guys and they kind of just manhandled them. It actually makes them look more imposing because they look you know, pretty big next to these two. So I think it actually kind of worked in a way, worked in AEW's favor, or at least for the presentation of the Lucha Brothers. I think it definitely worked out where this matchup may have actually been better overall than, than or at least for their, for optics, you know, um, than if they would have had Luchasaurus involved. I'm going Darby and Jericho. There was no great match, so I'll go with the one that might have made a new star. I didn't think that this was the strongest week of wrestling. I thought it was just... I don't think there was a bad match, but I think it was just a lot of solid matches with nothing that stands out, which is part of why this week felt less special. Totally agreed. Uh, so uh, let's just head up and make sure that you guys are checking us out. We are, you know, by the time you guys listen to this, we'll be really available on any platform that you need. You guys can find us on Google. You guys can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Podbean. Uh, we're moments away from being available on iTunes as well. So you can and all your podcaster apps, uh, podcasting apps as well. All right. We will catch you next Wednesday at about 11 p.m. Eastern right after the show. Have a great week. Goodbye and good night.